Welcome to another Ascari cast. My name is Rod Van Blake, author of the Ancient Illumination series, Neon Bonnie Chronicles. And I am joined once again by Andrea Rose Washington. Hello. She is the author of Avalithia, Amentry, and Elendil. Elendil Amentry's Magic. My yeah. bad. Got it. Those are all three of her. So if you like science fiction and fantasy, check her stuff out. There will be a link in the description of this episode, um, as well as my uh, website will be up there as well. Today, we are finishing off Vox Machina. Um, season two, episodes 11 and 12, Belly of the Beast and The Hope Devourer, which are the last two episodes for the season. Uh, it was an interesting ride, as we knew it would be from season one. Uh, I'm curious to see how we go into season three, given some actual events in real life that have happened recently. So we'll see. Um, yeah, but I guess let's get into it. Um, we have uh, Belly of the Beast opens up where we get the ending of the scene with Scanlan and Kaylee, uh, where they're having it out, kind of. I just, I just have to say, yeah. Um, first, disclaimer, people, don't laugh at me. I have a list right now. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and two, when he started talking about the woman that he fell in love with, I knew in that moment it was not her <laughs> Like he went into so much because like y'all the, the eyes, the ears, the hair. You look just like you're like I know exactly who she is. And then we see the woman, it's like that was not her. They don't have the same eyes or the same ears yeah. or um the same hair. I did not see a family resemblance between the girl. And the woman in his, in his vision, in his vision, yeah. And I click Scanlon, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, my, my note was Scanlon WTF lol because he doesn't remember Kaylee's mom, and that's obvious. And I started rolling even more when he started just reeling off names trying to guess, <laughs> and then at the end, he said Bert or something. <laughs> it was, um. Oh, I was like, because it, it was a beautiful story of him falling in love and it's like, oh, almost like I even asked her to come with me and she said no and everything. And at every word he said, I was just like, you are digging yourself into a deeper hole because that is not her mother. Yeah. Like, they didn't have the same coloring. They had nothing. Their eyes weren't the same color. Nothing. Nothing was a scaling stop. <laughs> Yeah, he was going on one. He, he thought he had the one. He thought he was, he said that with confidence too, though. All the stuff mm -hmm. he was saying, he was just rattling off details about how they fell in love and met. And yeah, the, the person in his, his vision obviously didn't look anything like Kaylee. Um, and we got a uh, gnome. I remember I was tripping last episode. Like, what exactly is Scanlan? And he's a gnome. Because mm -hmm. uh, he confirmed this episode, a couple people mentioned it. I think uh, either Kaylee or Pike, I think, mentioned it to him. Um, and then he, at the end of the other episode, he's like, time to gnome up. I, I think it's his version of Cowboy Up. Mm -hmm. uh, he's trying to get himself together. Um, yeah, Scanlon goes through that whole thing, and she ends up just being frustrated. I think she had planned to kill him. Um, and then it's... Was there like a curse on the sword or something she put? Because it floats there when she leaves him. I 
was very I was very confused by that because I don't remember where she got the sword from. Yeah. Like for a second I thought that was the vestige, but I think the vestige was different, wasn't it? Yeah, the vestige that he got that they could see through, I thought um Umbrasil, the dragon, had taken that already. Yeah. It's like on his he's got it cuffed to his arm. Um so it wasn't that vestige sword. It was some other sword that, that apparently I think Kaylee had. But as she leaves, there's like a glowing golden inscription in it, and it's floating, pointed at his chest where he he scratches himself when he trying to get away. Himself. Yeah, when he tries to get by it. So I'm like, I don't know what's up with that sword, but there's more to it than that. And then I got confused by the next section because as Kaylee leaves, there's like a golden trail that leads out the door, and then that's kind of what looks like attracts Vax. When mm-hmm. he's sitting there, he sees this thing kind of meandering out of the doorway to the tavern that they're in. And then he comes out and sees, I guess, souls of the dead. And he finally walks around. So we're finally getting it to be revealed what his job actually is. Even though, even through the end, the last episode, we still don't see him actually do his job. Mm-hmm. But he kind of has it out with the uh, matron of ravens. Uh, uh, things Keyleth and Vex, Vex follow him. Follow him out, and of course, Keyleth is the the doofy one that's making so much noise that both know that they're being followed. Like um, I saw you, I heard you four blocks ago. Yeah, and she's <laughs> like it wasn't me. <laughs> she's like no, it was me. Sorry, am I really that loud? Um, so they follow him. It looks like he's going to some. Uh, Church of the Dead or whatever, I guess, because she's the, you know the matron of ravens is the goddess of death in this uh, in this lore. So he goes in there, and there are a bunch of I don't know if they're like nuns or it's like her followers, like her yeah. priests or like her people, like usher him to where he's supposed to go. Yeah, her under matron. Yeah, it was kind of creepy. He just walks in. There's like a pool of blood over a big old statue of the matron and Mm -hmm. he decides to after having that conversation with scanlan like okay i guess i gotta just take the plunge and ignore my fears and he does and he surrenders to himself and this pool of blood floats down we don't know whether he's dying what's going on and then he wakes up and has an actual conversation which is interesting has an actual conversation with the matron of ravens what do you think about that part so i liked it um it was because this season has been a lot about growth and for them like to come out of their their shell we've seen each one of them like last, first season was all about Percy sort of like that that was his story it was season one was all about Percy mm-hmm. um but like this season we've gotten to see each one of them have some type of growth understanding come to Jesus moment with who they were who what their powers are and this one was for him and I liked it because even though he didn't get it in that moment yeah. it was an eye opener to him like okay this is what I'm afraid of I need to work on it to become better and we see him starting to grow and accept his role like what he accepted to save his sister's life so yeah. I liked it yeah he basically tells her that you know my sister is still here and a debt is owed, I'm here to fulfill it, you know, whatever that is. And he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, Am I supposed to usher them into the beyond? And she's like, yes, you know, in a way, 
that is what you you and I guess what he's seeing is the destinies and, and she tells him not to be afraid of death. So I'm curious as to what he is supposed to be afraid of then because she's like, you're afraid to die. And he's like, of course. And and then she tells him there are plenty of things to be afraid of, but death isn't one of them. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be afraid of death because it basically shows you the worth of life, that that balance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he does kind of come off that with his new newfound confidence in, in his direction and his path. And of course they're freaking out because he's covered in blood. <laughs> that was hilarious. She was like, oh, there you are. Oh my God, yeah. what is wrong? <laughs> he's like, oh, no, nothing. I was explaining it on the way. And they're like, okay, what, whatever. Like they, they don't get it that he's covered in blood and he's just walking out like everything is cool. Like he's had an epiphany. No one else has had this epiphany with him. He does, they don't know what's going on. And uh, yeah, I like that that part of it. It, it was kind of gave us some clarity because that was kind of an overhanging thing that was just over his head. It kind of still is because we still don't witness him ushering any, and he's seen a bunch of people die, you know, mm-hmm. over the previous episodes, but we don't see him take that step to be like, I'm going to be your guide into the hereafter. And he doesn't, we don't see him do that. I thought that was going to happen when we saw the rest of the herd and uh kept that okay so i was not prepared for that scene when he was walking out and following the little like gold thread i definitely thought he was about to like run straight into the matron but to see the herd stand up um i was almost expecting to see the uncle again or like have the uncle say something or taunt him and then to see we see the dead king um clambering up him like usher us usher us i was like hold up Mm -mm. Pause. I didn't sign up for zombies. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so, a very, it was, it was a shock. But yes, I was expecting him to start seeing him fairy souls as well, and he didn't yeah. immediately stop. But I think because even though he came to terms, he didn't fully accept it yet. Not yet in that scene. Yeah, I mean, we we see him verbally accept it and and ask and get some clarification from the matron. But we, I just, I was just pointing out we don't see him actually do any of that, despite he's like. It's like doing chores, and he's just walking past a bunch of messes that it seems like he's going to have to go back and pick yeah. back up because they're leaving the trailer dead, you know, regardless of where they go. So there's, there's a lot of souls to be uh, <laughs> in if you want to. You, you skip like 30 or 40 just now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the next scene where Thordak and Ubersil are talking, and we still see that Thordak uh, might not say, don't give a damn about vestiges. <laughs> And yeah. he basically threatens uh, Umbrasil, which that name is so weird to me, even though it's fantasy. I know the names are going to be weird, but that sounds like a mix between like some type of soccer short and like a groin ointment or something. I don't know what that <laughs> is. <laughs> I expect to see this commercial for Umbrasil, you know, when you got that itch or something like. But he threatens yeah. him and says, your body will burn if you don't give me my gold, basically. Uh, but that's brief. They keep that brief. And then we flash back, we go into the tavern and Percy is trying to put together some super complicated plan and trap system for the dragons. The herd is not listening to any of that. They're like, not. Yeah, he's going through all these stupid plans and terminology that none of them get. He's like, huh, what? And then they just Grock want to raise like, and smash things. Yeah, you dig here. I'm like, oh, why didn't he just say so? <laughs> just tell us that. Just tell us to dig, and that would have been it. 
Um, that scene I thought was really funny um, because one, we're seeing a lot more of people who act like Grog um, yeah. in different That's forms. Yeah. Um, and so we're like, okay, Grog, we understand. I understand why you are the way you are now because like, this is how you are raised. Okay, you're not stupid. You just only care about raging and fighting. This is yeah. the only thing you were ever taught. I understand that now. Um, but it's also really interesting that they were all drinking and having fun and then going back to Vax's scene of him walking out and like yeah. they didn't even move the dead. So it's like they're <laughs> to come no. back to that scene of Percy explaining the trap. And it's like they're all these people are drunk, they're having fun, they're partying, and all the dead people are still outside the building. Like you didn't even move it to a pile, you didn't burn them, you didn't do anything. So yeah. it's really interesting even going back to watching, even going forward to watching Percy trying to explain the trap, they really don't care. No. They're just like, look, I want to drink and have fun and then just tell me where to dig. I dig there, I'm going to dig. Okay, you should have just said that. Yeah, we're part of the killing part of it. We're not part of the aftermath cleanup part. <laughs> We've done what we came to do. Well, the rest of y'all have to figure the rest of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got that. And that I think something else happened again, I think when after the plan is conceived and we see Scanlan reaching back out to Kaylee and there's another thing with like golden wisps and that sword when he tries to give it back to her and she's like, I don't want anything from you. So I'm curious is there, is there going to be a payoff with this, this curse or blessing, whatever it is, is golden stuff on the sword. We see him use it uh, when they get into the later fight. And uh, yeah, the, the the herd. Go ahead. Before we get too far, I want to talk about Scanlan talking to um. Oh, I want to say uh, tequila. Um, yeah. uh, what would happen if you know you had a puppy? Like you didn't oh, know you had a puppy, and then you didn't know, and then you tried to sleep with that part that puppy. It's just like, oh god, please let this be a metaphor. And it's just. <laughs> You don't because, know like, it's really interesting because she doesn't think at that moment, yeah, child. She thinks, Did you really try to sleep with a puppy? Like, what's going yeah, on? She's, like, yeah. <laughs> Scanlon, it's what like, are you doing? Would, yeah, nobody would put it past Scanlon if he did try. So that's why she's like, Please let this be a metaphor. Be a metaphor. Like, being serious right now, I don't know how to take it. Yeah, so yeah, it was, that was funny. <laughs> I love their little still, moments together. <laughs> yeah, he's still trying to relate to his his secret child that he had no idea existed. I don't understand why he didn't just come out and say that <laughs> when, so, he, when he wanted to ask her for some priestly advice. I feel like part of it is, as, as again, as, as I've said, I think multiple episodes, they're treating him some type of a way differently than they did in season one. And like, it's been a lot of crap on Scanlan season time. And I feel like he probably didn't come out and say it directly because he didn't want another thing. Because one, everyone knew he was attracted to her and was trying to sleep with her. One. Yeah. And two, it would people would either laugh it off or not take it seriously or just be like, well, that's just like you. How many kids do you like kids would you probably have out there? So I feel like it was almost a little bit of self-preservation because this season they definitely did not treat him with respect out of like nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, he I still would have I would have rather him just come out and say I know they were doing it for comedic effect and shock value of discussing 
basically him messing with the puppy and or her, her basically treating it that way because she's taking it as a straight question when you ask for priestly advice and then he starts talking about him i tried to sleep with this puppy i didn't know i had it, it just came off as super weird even though i know why they did it um it, it was funny uh so then they got this plan together finally kind of it seems kind of half-baked they're under the ground waiting on umbrasil to get there uh leading him to this little paltry gathering of treasure as he walks in but of course uh the dragon sees it uh they try and trap umbrasil it doesn't work and of course <laughs> like they come they're, they're fighting the dragon people are getting just melted with this acid he's spewing and then they're still they're using their, the vestiges they have to fight this dragon and scanlon's like we have to get inside <laughs> and then uh vats is like no way we can't get by all the acid he's like yeah i'm not talking about that we can get in the other way and i'm like oh come they're really overdoing it with this other way thing and scanlon <laughs> i <laughs> that scene I had to replay it because one seeing Vax's reaction to it because it's yeah. like okay you can't really defeat him from the outside let's try and get on the inside and cause actual damage um so it is a smart idea but it's like the execution of it like you have to go in through, through the butt yeah, I'm like, behind. But also, that Vax didn't um, like negate it. Didn't like throw it away. He was like, he picked Scanlan up on his back, and like ran super speed, and then Scanlan did the hand. Yeah, turned to the hand with the fingers. I was like, oh, they're doing way too much with this. Oh yeah, my god! Everyone else was like, did they just what? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Pike. He's like, oh, Scanlan. The dragon's reaction was like, what? Yeah, his eyes kind of opened up wide, Buck. Like, what just happened? Like, oh, you know what just happened. <laughs> yeah. And it was a smart idea. I think they needed more than just a sword on the inside. I think, um, I think instead of just like pointing the sword there and stopping the dragon from like lifting because it was going to float wherever. Yeah. I just would have like cut long strips inside of a dragon. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was good execution, bad plan. But yeah, I think that's the same thing. Good initiative, bad judgment. Same thing would have happened if they did that and if the acid would have flooded the chambers that they were in. Mm -hmm. um, and his digestive system, if they cut the wrong thing, you don't know how the anatomy of that happens. And then they're all just died inside of the dragon. Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy episode. And of course, uh, Umbrasil is super strong and you can't hold me. He gets up and flies away uh, with Vax and Scanlan inside of him. And of course, uh, Grog is not going to give up. So we end the episode with Grog basically using that axe they got from uh, his cousin mm -hmm. that used to be his, his now dead uncles. Kind of like, uh, you probably never played God of War, but it's like <laughs> the axes in God of War. And he has him tied to a rope and he's now flying along with this dragon. They have to chase and pursue and as they fly off, uh, that's the end of the episode uh, 11, Belly of the Beast. And of course, now we know that the title, they're in the belly of the beast. Dun, dun, um, dun. Yeah. 
so that was crazy um good episode and now i guess we can move on to the hope devourer um yes you take a break uh, so that's the, the last episode do you want to take a break first or you want to go straight into it straight into it because uh anchor slash uh spotify for podcasters has kind of taken away our ads so even if i place the oh. ad into it it doesn't really play but if you'd like to help the channel you can go to toughraps.com uh, for you health-minded uh, geeks and nerds out there who are still working out and get your buff on or trying to get to level 9000 or whatever it is you're doing um, you can buy your workout stuff there, wrist wraps, uh, knee braces, weight belts, uh, T-shirts, all kinds of workout gear. And for a 10% discount, you can enter Jacked Writer, J-A-C-K-E-D, Writer, <laughs> as, the, as the discount code. And uh, you can get a discount and help the channel out because it's uh, my own sponsor, and I'd greatly appreciate it. I guess that'll be our break. for <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, you're getting your flex on there. I like it. If you are listening to this on Spotify, check out the video part just for that section. Yeah. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. Awesome. Um, but yes. So we start an oh, well, yeah. episode, the last episode, which in my opinion didn't feel like a last episode of the season. Did it feel like no. that to you? Uh, it didn't. No, because it it, it didn't, it didn't, because there wasn't any huge thing aside from the, the final battle that happened, but it mm -hmm. was another, it seemed like they just gave us another jumping off point. Yeah. Because we start the opener with, apparently, Scanlan is passed out inside the belly of the beast. Now, he's full on asleep, and he's having this sweet grandfatherly dream where he's Grandpa Scanlan, <laughs> best dad <ahead> ever. <laughs> Thanks, Jocelyn. <laughs> We've got Grandpa Scanlan in his dream reading these tales of Vox Machina to his two grandkids, where, of course, he's the main one that did everything and everybody might have helped a little the whole time, which is hilarious. Um, and then finally, the kids and different people in his dream starts turning around and telling him to wake up. I think the, it come, the words are on the book at some point that he's opening up, says, wake up. Mm -hmm. Then the kids turn around and their faces change a little bit telling him to wake up and we realize that he is indeed asleep and he is still obviously in the predicament that we left off in the episode before him and Vax are in the belly of the beast flying to this mountain fortress I guess the dragon lair go ahead so I will have to say that when he wakes up he tells that Vax I was having the best dream and it's I think that's like a turning point for him yeah. Because we all know Scanlan as a horny little guy. So in my opinion, his uh, the best dream ever or whatever would be him doing some fun stuff with some other people. Yeah, but for yeah. him to be a grandfather reading a story to his grandkids and yeah. be surrounded by his daughter and he's calling that like the best dream, best ever, dream ever makes me see like okay, this is starting to see his priorities are starting to shift just slightly. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're flying along and they think they need an airship to follow. I think, was it Vex that, that says that or someone else Percy said? Was like, we need an airship. We need an airship. And then, of course, Caitlyn transmogrifies into this giant bird and mm -hmm. they hop on her back while Vex hops on her broom. And now we have this aerial pursuit with Grog swinging in the wind 
as the umbrasil leads them into his lair further and further he's trying to shake which i don't understand why he's trying to shake drog off at this point when he has one of the vestiges he supposedly wants i think it's because the axe is in his back literally i think that's the only reason because he can't reach him mm. while he's on his back okay if he was like get... under him it probably he would probably like reach and grab him but i don't think he can reach yeah he's got that he arm syndrome little arms they can't reach I can't reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's they're, they're flying through the air uh chasing umbrasil and he's spitting gotten you know spitting uh as they pursue and also trying to shake Grog off by, you know, knocking him through trees. And eventually that was a crazy scene where finally Grog, you know, gets knocked off or he thinks he knocks him off in that cliff. Mm -hmm. That little big, large rock where he banged him through and Grog is actually already on his hide. And then he finally knocks him off there and he can't fly, obviously. And you see- And they can't reach him. Yeah, he's too far. I'm not going to be able to catch him yet. So he's going to fall to the ground and he breaks every damn thing. But he, but he makes himself bigger. Yeah. Makes himself like, bigger and stronger. I thought he was going to fly or something. Lightning was going to happen with the with the gauntlets, but it didn't. He creates I, this new crater. Go ahead. Yeah. I feel like because he was bigger, the injuries were spread out further versus so like that was the only way he was able to survive. Because like yeah. if Keyleth didn't get to him, in the, not Keyleth. Pike. Pike, yes. If Pike didn't get to him when she did, if he was smaller, like he would have just been gone. But because yeah. I think he was bigger, he was able to survive the impact because it was more mass versus. I mean, he's big in general, but like he was a lot bigger here, so he yeah. was able to survive easier, uh, survive enough for Pike to get there. Yeah, and he does obviously, but he's really banged up. And then we flash into. Scanlan and Vax still their conundrum of trying to get out before he gets to wherever he's getting. Uh, they try different things. They go end up going out of the womb they created initially, and so I'm like, why didn't they just go out the way they came? But because acid was filling up that that back, back behind them. Damn, we got acid coming out of booty too. Yeah. Why is he disgusted? <laughs> yeah. He so yeah, but then they they he ate like, them hoppers he wasn't supposed to eat. Yeah. They, <laughs> they literally fist their way out with the with one of Scanlan's magical pink or purple fist, whatever color that is. They get out like in the nick of time, mm -hmm. and then Vax is like, "Good fisting," and Scanlan's like, "Yeah, years of practice or something stupid." <laughs> I love them. I love them. And yeah, so everybody's falling. They're falling, and then. Vax, Vax, you guys, Vax is like, I, I, I submit myself to you completely, and my boy grows wings. First they're golden at first, then they go to black, and then he's flying, he's able to catch uh, Scanlan, and everybody is rejoined at like the, the base of Umbasil's dragon lair, and it's obvious that Grog is not going to be able to make it yet, he's really jammed up. Pike um, is tapped out. She can't heal him anymore. Yeah, she's sparking out. And then my note here says Vex is such a hater. She is. She <laughs> is a hater. And, and she's like, I get a broom and you get freaking wings. Like, you have a vestige too. <laughs> but like, honestly, chick, he's like this because you died. 
and he gave his life for yours. Chill. Chill. Yeah, she was mad. I was like, why is she mad that my boy has wings now? And he's like, you get wings. She was like seriously jealous in that moment. I'm like, this ain't the time for that. This is why I live in my truth of saying I don't like her. I don't like her. Because every time I feel like I can, yes, Jocelyn, she is ungrateful. Grateful. You have a broom that flies and you're jealous you don't have wings? Yeah, and there's no responsibility really attached to that broom. Yeah. That's come with her having that or owning that. She's just free to use it willy-nilly and do what she wants. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my boy is going to have to usher in a whole planet worth of dead people to the, <laughs> to the so other side. So you can live. Yeah. So you can keep breathing. So you can keep flying that broom, you ungrateful elf. <laughs> so yeah, they, they end up... Uh, I think the plan is that they, they, Scanlon gets mad because they're splitting the team up, and he's all about just cutting and running. Like, we let's just go. Let's bounce. We can't win. We don't need to do this. And now it's, they're getting into an internal conflict with the group because Vax has this newfound confidence in the path that he's on, basically. And everybody is not on that path right now, obviously. He like, sounds like he's in a cult. Yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm thinking we can't win and we should just, you know, cut and run. And you talking about it is what it is and it's destiny and we can't run from our destiny. So we might as well just buck he's up. A again, he's a born again mother. Uh, matron, matron of the Raven. Yeah, I'm like. Wow. <laughs> he's a born again of the Matron Raven. Like, yeah, I don't know good. about you, but I know who I serve. Yeah. And where and today right. is not the day the Matron's going to let me talk. Yeah, he said today is not the, it's not the time for cowardice or something like that. Like everybody was cracking on Scallon here. They just kept saying it over and over again, like he's about to run. And he and his mind is having flashbacks of his conversation with Kaylee when she said that too. Like mm-hmm. all, all you're gonna do is run. Well, now you're not gonna get to run no more. Um, which I still we, we still don't understand what the hell's up with this sword. Is that sword is gonna make him not run now? Because obviously he had. I don't know if that was the defining factor that made him turn back around and, and, and fight. I don't know either, but I do know. So I do like that he did tell Pike. Pike was the one who explained um, that the other girl was his daughter. And she said, yeah. what? And he's like, I want to be like more for her, but it's, it's really interesting how, oh wait, no, no. He used Myth Carver. He didn't use this, the glowing sword. He used Myth Carver. I looked at the breakdown. The, the notes? Yeah. So I don't, because I, no, because he didn't have the glowing sword anymore, remember? Because it fell when he cut, when he, um, when the, when Umber flew off of, flew out, the sword came out and stayed where it was. It was supposed to like keep him pinned there. And when they flew after them, when uh Vax, when Vax and Keyleth Yeah, it's on it's on the ground. It's on the he, ground out there. So he yeah. used Myth Carver inside the inside the tomb. He didn't use the glowing sword. How did he use Myth Carver when that was strapped to the dragon's arm though? Um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch how, well, but yeah, he's got a whole little scabbard thing like on his arm where that sword is 
in there. Maybe after, maybe he used it after, like when they, when in the final fight, when they're all getting down and Umbrasil is basically beating the brakes off of all of oh. them. Oh, oh, so yes. Yes, yeah. when he when the dragon is beating the brakes off of everyone, and he's like gloating, he's like, "I have all three vestiges." Scanlan yeah. sneaks in and takes Myth Carver from him. He's like, two. You got two, yeah. I, this one's mine." Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a crazy crazy fight. We knew it was going to be. I don't know why Vax thought he was going to be just Mister Speedster, sneak in, sneak out, get the lay of the land. I'm like, what what are you planning to do by yourself if you weren't going to fight? You knew, and we already know by now that the dragon can make himself go invisible. Which that honestly came out of nowhere in the last episode, and I'm like, that's just yeah, not fair. Yeah, because like, where did that even come from? Like, was it camouflage, or did he make himself invisible? No, nah, like, my boy just he just got this like, where, invisibility all of a sudden. I would believe it more if it was camouflage, mm. because it's like, all right, he can change his scales to match his surrounding area because some lizards can do that okay the chameleon like a chameleon yeah dragon, okay but like just straight up invisible yeah uh-uh. i was like no this came out of left field you you did this specifically just to make him harder to defeat and i didn't like that i will say that i didn't like the fact that he could become invisible because i just felt like that was you just up the points harder for no other reason just to make it harder yeah grog was mad he's like what a dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, they, I were agree. Getting, they were getting Molly whopped. I don't know, understand why Keyleth didn't do her little uh, fire giant fire spirit thing like the whole time. Like why just that was your best. That was that should have been your go-to move. You're fighting the acid breathing dragon because you might be able to negate some of the power of the acid being thrown around. Maybe you could just burn it off midair before it gets to y'all, but she she's doing all this other stuff. And it wasn't working. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, when Scanlan's, you can, like, he's giving himself a pep talk in the mm -hmm. end, like, not going to give up. Finally, you just got to gnome up and, and, and do it. <laughs> After it seems like everybody is about to die. Everybody's on their last leg. They keep trying to get up. Percy's getting knocked out every other second. You know, he's putting in shots every once in a while, but they're not very effective. Yeah, like said, yeah. Scanlan kind of sneaks up on him. I think it's why it works is because it's Scanlan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like grabs, they underestimated him, so he didn't even bother looking for him. Yeah, grabs a sword, stabs my boy in the eye, and I don't know this elemental, all-seeing light just comes out and explodes half my boy's head, and that's the that's the end of Umbrasil. He falls down dead, <laughs> and they're all recovering. And you see, I forget what the the other character's name that was from Whitestone that betrayed them and the Doctor, but she's still there watching. Yeah, hidden, and they don't know she's there though. Yeah, that's what I was kind of worried when when she leaves. They're still there, like basically licking their wounds, but happy that they've won for now. And they're like, "What's that glow over there?" And we find out that Umbrasil has a horde of treasure that's so much that it's glowing off in the corner. I thought that was going to be because we kind of get these spectral communication things from Thordak. Yeah. I thought that was going to be him, like the little, you know, spiritual phone call from the other dragon going, Where's my treasure? Pull it up. Where's my, yeah. <laughs> Where my money at? <laughs> yeah, but it's not, and they go over there and find the treasure. And of course, Scanlan claims the magical key. And, and Vex is hating once again. Like, why do you always hating? She's a hating ass elf. 
Why are you such a hater? He's like, I should get all the MF and magical keys. I killed the dragon. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did. Yeah, like, he, did. He, he delivered the killing vote. Y'all were all about to die. He saved y'all. Yeah. He's like, this. He saved all y'all. Umber still said, this cave is about to be y'all's tomb. And everybody was about to get it till he he got he got cracked by uh Scanlan and that sword, and that was a wrap. So yeah, if he wants to take the magic key, let him take the magic key. She's already got the pocket dimension, which she can she never brought the I guess he wouldn't have been an elf use, but she didn't bring the bear out. She didn't, which I'm sort of glad she did. I would have been sad if the bear died. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, they they win finally in the end, and they go back to Whitestone um, to meet up with uh, Percy's sister who's having another council meeting, I guess, to let them know that one of the dragons are dead and they say, was it two or three more to go? Uh, I think there's three more to go. Yeah. And there's hope. There's hope, yeah. And we see that Keeper Yemen is one of the dragons in disguise, I guess. I didn't so, see that. Like, here's the question. Here's the question I have about that. Yeah. Was it always Keeper Yemen, or did the dragon do something to her? Because, like, I Keeper Yemen has this, has a, like, has a page. She's a yeah. person. Like, so I'm like, was, did she, like, make her unavailable for this meeting? Yeah, or, I don't know. No clue. Like, was this, like, just a, like, did she just live under the white stone horror for years as Keeper Yemen? Like, make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. We, they got some more, you know, it's the end of the season and we have more things, questions they need answering now. Like, was she always one of the dragons? Although I kind of figured that was going to come back into play later when we found out when season one, that one blue dragon was actually could go and morph into human form. So I was like, that's probably going to come back again. And we find out that 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 she hates Thordak just as much as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Keeper Yen is voiced by Gina Torres. Really? Yes. Yeah. So one I of my love favorites. that. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. She's like, yeah, I hate Thordak more than you could ever. And he's not taking the treasure for what you think it is. And then the episode ends. We go back to wherever Thordak is in his cave, and the other dragon lets him know. He's on the Umbr- city. He's in the original city. Okay. Yeah. That Umbrasil was felled by the people who have the vestiges. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then they pan down. He's laughing. I'm sad, though. Like, what are we going to do with season three with no Lance Riddick to voice Thordak? Um I'm very sad about that. I'm yeah. so sad about that. Um, I mean, hopefully, like fingers crossed, they recorded a lot so they can like, um, yes, Jocelyn, you're right. We just cry. We just cry. Um, maybe like he doesn't have a bigger role yet. And so we, they can like reuse some of his old audio. Yeah. Um, maybe they already recorded it, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Because um, I, I feel like now because season one was almost like a setup fake like for season one they get rid of the dragon in like the first two episodes and then it's all about whitestone yeah. and so 
you're thinking, okay, each season is going to be about like a different big bad they're going to fight throughout the entire season or something like that, or maybe a couple big bads. And then the end of season one, you're like, oh, no, it's the dragons. They're coming back. And then they almost make it seem like they, uh, in the beginning of season two, it almost made it seem like, okay, they're going to get rid of the dragons this season. No, they got rid of one. And so each season is going to be a different dragon they're getting rid of, I'm guessing. Because the next one's probably going to be the ice dragon that they're going to try. Um, the one who was uh, the one who came and told Thordak that the other dragon was dead. Yeah. So I feel like season three is going to be all about that dragon. So we, we probably won't need Thordak's voice so much. Maybe. And now we see we got a bunch of these. Apparently, he's going to hatch an army of baby dragons. That's about yep. it. Because they, they pan down and. All these eggs are sitting there in in this basking light of the treasure. So I don't know if the treasure gives them heat or something that, that's hatching these eggs. But we see that, and maybe it's like they keep it at a the constant temperature they need. You know, it's the yeah. only thing that it's the only thing that gets the fire hot enough to the yeah. temperature they need, or whatever. Yeah. So apparently, he's just everybody's about to inherit this realm. These baby dragons are about to take over the entire realm, and that's how they close it out. Uh, so what do you rate this season out of 10? Um, like a seven and a half, eight. Really? Um, because okay. compared to season, I, I liked the season, I really did. But like I said, I didn't like how they sort of like turned on my man Scanlon out of nowhere. Because like literally season one and season two, 10 minutes maybe went by between season one and season two in their real world. And it was like their entire way they treated him switched. And I didn't like how they were just like making him the butt of jokes. Again, I don't like Vex. And I saw a lot more of her than I yeah. should have. Um, I'll keep it as an eight. An eight. It was a good, I would rewatch the season again. Like I would rewatch it. Um, okay. it. It would be like a comfort show. I'm like, okay, let's watch it. Enjoy. Ah, people died. Um, but it wasn't perfect. Not for me yet. It wasn't perfect. No, I'm in agreement with you. I'd have it at about an eight. I enjoy what they give us. I enjoy the presentation. The storyline is cool. The characters are funny um, and enjoyable mm-hmm. without that funniness distracting from the the rest of the story, if that makes sense. Um, and it wasn't forced either. Yeah, yeah. When it's too much, when you, you see they're trying to be funny over and over and over again, then it's, it, it kind of it was like, all right, we get it. It's jokey, jokey. Um, mm-hmm. This is very enjoyable. Um, I'm curious to see where it's going, especially in light of, like I said, the real world things that have happened and how that may change the trajectory of the show and the big bads that we get. So hopefully uh, they find a good way to respectfully uh, finish and get through this next season and we we move on. So I can't wait to see what happens. And I think you said they are contracted at least for the next season or two, right? Uh, I believe season three and four. Okay. Well, yeah, great. I guess we'll see how that plays out whenever they release season three to us. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you once again for chopping it up about this. Thank you, Jocelyn, for uh, chiming in uh, for you are at Schmokon or whatever it is in New York. Um, no. Sure. Nope. Sh- uh, it has an S. An S are my hard words right now. Stromberg. Stromberg. Stromberg, yeah. Yeah. S's are hard right now. <laughs> Go get them. Have fun. Uh, make some money. Make some connects. And we hope to see you uh, safely back whenever you return. 
Uh, don't forget to check out the link in the description of she's like it's at Schimberg. What did I say? Schimberg Center. Stromberg, yeah. I'm like, I don't oh, think yeah, I'm yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stromberg. Say hi to TJ uh, Sterling if you see. And him. Cerise. Yeah, Cerise too. Uh, appreciate you, uh, you all that listened to us and chimed in as well. Caught us on the live. We appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out the description of the podcast and see the links to my author website as well as the link tree for Andrea Rose Washington. And don't forget to check out Trekkie and Beyond. A Star Trek podcast. We're going into Lower Decks. There you go. Thank you all. Uh, we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Peace.